0: Hey friends, welcome to Real Stories of Life with God, a podcast with a pretty explanatory title because that's what we're here for, a conversation with real people about their unique life with God. I'm your host, Chelsea Eubank, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's jump into today's episode.
1: Like, oh yeah, my eyebrows are like...
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so I have to confess that I still have not changed your married name in my phone.
1: I don't change anyone's. I'm pretty sure you're Chelsea Brown. I really need to get a little bit better about that.
0: Anyway, Melissa, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Hey, um, my name is Melissa, um, and I am 28. I live right in the middle of Georgia in a little town called Perry, Um, and it's kind of where I was born and raised, so it's been really sweet to be back here and be home. And I recently got married as of May of this year, so super, super new, Um, but married the greatest man named Nathan. Um, So we are living in Perry, and he is currently in residency. So that's been fun to navigate. Um, But yeah, and Chelsea, I met you in undergrad at Georgia Southern. So we were interns at the local church there. And Mm -hmm. it's just been that friendship started so quickly. (laughs) It was such a sweet season. Um, And so yeah, here we are. What Nine
0: years. Mm, it's pretty amazing. I think about that because I think that nine- it was probably one of my. I'm glad you said sweet season because that was one of my favorite. Like I look back on my life and I think our friendships that we made working and serving and in ministry and everything, but also just that that time where you're learning and growing so much. I just look back and I I'm so thankful for that. Like I mean, because a lot of us still talk to this day. You know, like it might be a little more sporadic or whatever, but like we are actually still you know, in friendship together, even after all this time, it's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Really, really sweet thing. So yeah. yeah, thank you for having me.
0: I agree. I'm excited to talk to you. <laughs> okay. So to intro some of our questions, uh, two of these came from Matthew 22. Jesus is asked which commandment in the law was the greatest. And he said, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself.
1: So, our first question is What currently stirs your love for God? Um, Well, I feel like that verse is very fitting for what my answer is. Um, And I would say my answer would be people stir my love for God. But more specifically, I feel like when I think of that, I think of like two different groups. The first being people in my little circle of life, like my family, my friends, my husband, um, my coworkers. Those people really stir my love for God because they have been those constant encouragers in my life. And, you know, they ask the hard questions that have to get asked that you aren't always comfortable and you don't always want to hear. Um, but they're the ones who kind of keep me in step with my faith and kind of realign my thoughts when I do start to worry or doubt or um, just have struggles that we all have. Um, and I even think, you know, Chelsea, I can get deep in these questions. Um, But I even think back to like my childhood and like a a picture comes to my head of when I'm, um, I was a little girl and I would wake up every morning and my dad would be sitting in the kitchen at his little corner bar stool at the counter. And he would have his Bible and his papers and he would be reading God's word and praying and writing and journaling. And that was something that I saw every morning of my life for mm. years. Um, and so I even think, you know, those little seeds that were planted back in my childhood mm. now are starting to show fruit in my life today, you know, as I've become Mm. a wife and become an adult and I've kind of learned why he did the things he did. So super, super cool. Um, Mm. and then the other side to that answer of people being what stirs my love for God is also just people that are in need. And I feel like, especially right now in the world, there's so much need Mm. and so much hurt and suffering. Um, And also, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but I'm an occupational therapist for pediatrics. And so I get to work um, with children, specifically infants, who have some type of illness or disability that limits them in their daily lives. So I get to walk alongside these parents Mm -hmm. who some, you know, had a typical developing child and something happened, whether it be, you know, a car accident or brain injury or something that has caused them to really grieve the life they thought that they, their life would look like. Um, And so I get to walk alongside families like that every day of my life. And it, it just reminds me of how kind our God is Mm -hmm. and, you know, that this present suffering that we, you know, we all have our own trials and our own hurts in life. And just the fact that there is an eternal hope that is so much greater and is so sweet. And so, yeah. Long story short, that's my answer. People, I love people. (laughs) They make me, they remind me of the love that Jesus has for them. And that makes me want to love, love well and serve harder. So yeah.
0: I have never really thought about it like that. The like I knew you did that for work. And I could also kind of relate to the family or people in your life, close people in your life that are that are serving the Lord faithfully. But I never really would have phrased interacting with people in need. Mm-hmm. being able to really experience and see God and his care for them, even as you get to be the one to care for them. I love that. That is so encouraging to me.
1: Yeah. Like having mm-hmm. a tiny, I mean, a teeny tiny part and, you know, showing them the love that God has for them. Super, super cool. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also too, I mean, all, I mean, everyone right now in the world I think is, in a way hurting for the people like in Afghanistan right now. Like there is so much hurt and so much physical and spiritual pain and suffering going on there right now. Mm-hmm. And that just makes me grieve for them. And it stirs my heart of, oh my goodness, like, like I my faith is nothing in light of these people who are literally laying their lives down for Jesus day after day right now. So that's also, you know, much greater scale of suffering, but it does. It reminds us our priorities in life and mm. where our hope is found. So,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I truly have the greatest job. Um, but I, I don't know that I have a set story or experience, but I would say that I feel like the way I get through day to day is through praying for these families and praying for God to tell me, what do I do with the situation? I mean, you know, there, we have some pretty, um, pretty hard stories, whether it be a child that's in a foster family. And, you know, I don't know, I take responsibility in that I get to be someone who shows them love and mm. cares for them. Um, or like more recently, having a set of twins who were born very, very, very premature um, and watching a new mom and a young mom younger than I am come in and say, I don't know what I'm doing. This is terrifying and I don't feel equipped and just being able to be a comfort. Um, and I'm not a mom. So that's also a cool thing is that I'm not a mom. So I don't share in that. Um, but I do share in knowing, okay, this is what I can do to help you. And you're not alone in this and you're going to get through it. (laughs) I feel like there's an opportunity every single day where I get to use my faith and my love for people in my work, which is amazing, which is amazing.
0: Okay. So on the other hand, what currently stifles your love
1: for God? Uh, I would say my answer to that would be worry. I am a worrier through and through, I have been my entire life, um, through many, many years of different seasons and different circumstances. I am a worrier. Um, and I feel like every time that I am presenting my worry and my anxiety and my fear to God. I feel like every time he reminds me that this goes deeper than your worry, this is a lack of trust in who I am and who I am in you. Mm -hmm. And that just always hits me. Like that just hits me. I don't know. I think that almost in a sense, it's more so yes, a lack of trust, but also a need for control to try and control different situations in my life and it can be little things or it can be big things. So yeah, that would be definitely what stifles my love for God. Um, and I would say too, one thing I've learned is that my worry, allowing the worry in my heart to kind of sit there and dwell on those things that make me fearful and make me, Mm. um, anxious. Those things hinder me from seeing who Jesus is and what he's called me to in that moment. So I feel like I'm I'm learning and I don't think I'll ever fully grasp it. (laughs) I don't know if you ever reach a point where you truly understand how to let all of your worries (laughs) be God's. (laughs) Um, If you figure that out, let me know. But Mm. Mm. that's, that's where I am for sure.
0: I love what you just said. Uh, how, if you let the worry sit, it kind of, uh, makes it harder to see what he's doing. That is a good word right there. (laughs) Oh, because we already have so many things that are, that can cloud our vision Mm -hmm. of God, right? We have not just news and current events, but you also have technology and other distractions. You know, you have so much of the world. It's just bombarding you your attention, you know, it it wants your eyeballs all the time. The world is telling you what to think is important. Or even things in the church. It doesn't even have to be worldly things. You know, you have people you want to care for and you have needs in your church family. You have needs in your family. There's just so many things that's vying for our attention. And then you all then you have the stuff inside us that we're worried about or frustrated about or discontent. There's just layers and layers and layers. But I, I yes. like what you said is motivating to practice trusting, casting those cares on him so that I can keep my vision of what's true and my vision of God clear.
1: Yeah. And I would say, too, something that I'm learning recently, you know, I've read my Bible for years and years, I, I love my time, my quiet time in the morning. That's what gets me through most of my days. Um, but one thing that I've learned recently is, or not, I wouldn't say necessarily learned, but I guess so in a way. More so, I've begun to practice is memorizing scripture. And I have, right now, I'm memorizing Romans 12, which has been, it's been tough, but it's been <laughs> so good for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll hear words and those, there's, you know, there's a verse that will come to my mind and I'm like, oh my goodness. I remembered that like that. I can use that. God is reminding me of these words for a purpose. And so I've been um, using that scripture memorization as a way to kind of equip my heart and to kind of push out Mm. (laughs) those negative thoughts and the worry and fear and replace it with truth. Mm. So work in progress. But yes, it's been one thing that's been really, really changing me over the past Mm. month, I would say.
0: I love that. I'm also working on that at the moment. For different, it's stirred on by different, different things. But I, I love what you're saying too, because I feel like from my experience, hearing friends, I've never been an overly anxious, worry person. Now I tend to want control for other things. I tend to lean towards Mm -hmm. wanting control for other reasons, but my root is not normally worry. But I feel like what I hear from friends is that they feel like they can't not do it. it's like, well, I can't not worry. I can't not be anxious. What you're saying is that I remember I had a friend who said, (laughs) I can't remember if he was talking about just emotions or uh, fears that we have or worries that we have, but he said they're all, they're like birds that fly over your head. You can't stop them from flying over. Like I can't stop myself from feeling or experiencing a feeling or an emotion of worry or pain or frustration or anger. But then he said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Okay, I think oh, I get what I you're saying. That. You know, that you can, like, I can't stop feeling worry, but I can stop myself from making a home in it. You know, and what I like about what you're saying yeah. is you're saying there is a way to practice, not do it perfectly. Eventually, maybe you will, just because the Holy Spirit helps you do that. But there is a way to not be held captive by that. And you're giving a tool right there, memorizing scripture. It's good. So good. Okay. Let's
1: do a fill in the blank. The truth that God is blank means a lot to you because blank. So I am very typically, I'm a very simple word girl. I like the short, sweet, to the point words, but I'm going to use a big word. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to say that the truth that God is omnipotent means Mm -hmm. a lot to me because it reminds me that he knows what is best for me, that he's in control, he is Mm -hmm. all knowing. And I don't have to do that. And that, that gives me such peace to know that I don't have to have it all figured out and Mm -hmm. I don't have to get it right every time. And I don't have to stress and be overwhelmed by circumstances. And I find rest in knowing that God's in control. He's got it. And he already knows far better than I do what I need before, Mm -hmm. before I can even imagine. So, (laughs) yes.
0: Oh, it's good. It's good, especially too, not only just for your world and what you know in your own heart and mind, but that attribute of God is also really stabilizing when people are suffering, you know, hard things are happening, and it might be doubly hard because you wonder why things have to happen, but you're also just depending on the fact that He is God and I am not. <sighs>
1: It's not what you expect or what you want God to answer your prayer. But it's what you need. And looking back, you're like, oh, thank you, God. I could have never orchestrated that on my own. (laughs) Thank you.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's a good word right there. I mean, it comes back to the trust thing also. Oh, yeah. And not our feelings and not what we're seeing and not what's even what other people are saying.
1: Mm. And I would say, too, another thing, which all goes back to the worry and the lack of trust is that I do, you know, with my work and with my life and, I, you know, we're, my husband and I both have large families. So there's a lot going on, you know, Um, and I feel like I carry the burdens of others so heavily in my heart. And so, yeah, this, this reminds me, like, I don't have to fix them. I don't have to make them better. I don't have to spend all of my time and my energy on worrying and hurting for them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Empathy. Yes. I, I can't get around being <laughs> empathetic. That's just who I am. But knowing that God has them in his hands gives me so much peace and reminds me that I don't have to take everything home with me at the end of each mm-hmm. day, that he is taking care of them and he already knows what tomorrow holds for them. And I don't know that. So he needs to be in control, not me. <laughs>
0: Yes. Oh, I can relate to that so much because I'm a helper. I'm a fixer. I'm a highly relational person. I want to make things good for someone, but then I also fall into a trap and it's pride or fear or control where I can easily believe that what I bring to the table is what they need. I'm like, Um, God might use me in a small way, but ultimately they just need more of him. So how alongside to keep turning their eyes back to him and not to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's Uh good. Okay. Our last question is what is something you are looking forward to?
1: Ooh, something I'm looking forward to. Um, I would say because of Nathan's residency um, and he actually did his first year in Tennessee. So we went from him being in med school and me starting out my career to him um, moving to Tennessee and us living long distance to now finally being in the same town and still in residency, which is just crazy hours in general. So we have not had like a a true like community Mm -hmm. as far as like a Bible study or a group that comes together each week and just loves on one another. We haven't had that in so long. Um, And actually about two weeks ago, you know, we've really been praying about this um, and we actually decided to open up our home and have couples in the area. Um, we really want like neighbors and people who really are close to come into our home um, and we feed them and love on them and you know just kind of go through life together. we all need that and that community like I've said before, people community that's huge for me and so I have felt that void for a long time just kind of lingering and I'm like, okay when we get married, when we get back into the same city, we can do this, um, and so that's something that I'm really looking forward to. We we have one couple already who's going to be joining us, and it's mm-hmm. actually his childhood best friend. So that's going to be fun too to kind of reconnect. And they live right down the street, so we're really hopeful that some um, families that maybe we never had any idea we would even become friends with can you know find their way into our home and on our couches. That's really exciting to us. And two with that it's motivated us to remodel our kitchen, which is super exciting. So now oh. I've got like the colors and the cabinets picked out and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> we
0: fun. have a
1: reason now to just do this project. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> well, Melissa, this was awesome. Thank you very much for making the time. It was very sweet.
1: Yes. This has been so much fun to reconnect with you, Chelsea. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And I'm so proud of you for this. <laughs> podcast. And so excited for what is in store! I really hope that God just really uses this. Me too. So so proud of you. Me I can say it a million
0: times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listening friends, it means a lot that you added us to your day today. Thank you so much. Wherever you find yourself on your journey with Jesus, I hope you finished this episode with your faith cheered, refreshed, or strengthened. Until next time.